0: Hi, I'm Eric Rosette, CEO of Betfully. And I'm panicked about inflation apocalypse for startups.
1: Hello, Newman. What's up? (laughs) Newman. Newman. What's up? Not much. We are uh, recording, and we've had a long recording week behind us, and we're having fun. Do you have any questions for Howie? No. Hmm. Yes, actually, you know, how how is everything today? Did you have a good breakfast? I have not eaten. I did yoga. You did yoga? I did yoga with Ellen, and uh, only had a couple of... Two farts in inappropriate in moments. It's like I have such good flexibility. Well, you asked the question, but am I going to lie to my audience, my, my listener of two, who enjoy the fart jokes, by the way. And um, I don't know what it is. I, I, I didn't drink milk. I'm very conscious of, of breaking wind during a yoga class. And it's just I tense up and sounds come out of me. Well, it is entertaining for the other people around you, of course. <laughs> What it does is it clears Matt start moving, you know, you know, it's like, uh, people don't necessarily know, but they won't look me in the eye. They just move on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then I get that look of disapprovement after the class yeah, They like, they look at their boyfriend and go, that was uh, the guy. Yeah. That was the guy. Anyways, it's just something Ellen and I do together that I uh, destroy. Uh, <laughs> not on purpose. It's like, no matter what we try, I do something that Larry David might have done. Exactly. And uh, there is something about yoga, though, that I love. I'm back into it, we do private classes, Kanoon. And uh, we've only gone through three. <laughs> three <laughs> instructors in the last two weeks. One was because we were canceling like lunatics because uh, of my schedule. Right. And then one might have been gassed, but no, we ne- the exit interview did not produce any evidence of why they had quit. And this last one, uh, just right, she's fantastic. And she's been doing yoga forever. Here's what I'm skeptical of people who do yoga forever. They don't look like they do yoga forever. You know? The The picture I have of yoga people in, in North Scottsdale is they weigh six pounds and have tattoos and uh, fake things everywhere. Right. But uh, this woman looks like she eats a lot, but she's very flexible. And uh, I really do recommend people. Maybe not you, canoe, because you're very unathletic um to to try out yoga. I'm unsurprisingly athletic. <laughs> no, I'm surprisingly athletic. You are you are not surprisingly anything. No one even says, "Canute, let's go play tennis." All right. The uh and I how's your family? They're good. Everybody's good. Yeah. All right. Behaving. All right. Well, we have a a friend of mine from San Diego, cool, who is a founder and who's a grinder. He's in the in our fund, too. We are now investing out of fund four. And we also have an emerging manager fund. Um, so so we have five funds. In our second fund, uh, while I was still living in Coronado, we made a local investment in a, in a friend of ours, Eric Grosset. How do you pronounce it? Grosset. What do you think it is, French? We'll ask him, I guess. I think I know what it is. What is it? It's Norwegian. Is he? Yep. Bastard. So he's a Norwegian kid, and... Um, He was in the the fantasy app business well before it was, like, you know, during the dog days of, like, legal battles with DraftKings and Fed, where everybody was trying to get gambling approved. And he's stayed alive building a cash flow business around the edges and launched recently Betfully, which I want to have him explain. And he's got a nice growing business, but he wanted to talk about what it's like as a founder, a successful founder. He's been doing this forever. He's an author. He's very good around his community, but I want him to give a lay of the land of this inflation apocalypse that he's thinking about and worried about as as the summer of 2022 rages on and um, layoffs everywhere. Founders are worried. There's a lot of young money in the market the last 10 years, and he's been through a few cycles. Uh, So I want to catch up with him and see if we can share some wisdom for other founders out there. How's that sound? Sounds great.
0: Hasta keek Hey guys, what's going? Do you speak Norwegian, Eric? <clears throat> Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so is it
1: is the giveaway, Eric, with a K? That means you're Norwegian, or is it is it just yeah. a last
0: name that's Norwegian? I, I mean, we're a combination of of all different uh, Northern European, and, and so you know it all blends together. Um, but that was a tribute to the Norwegian heritage with the K. So, let's talk fantasy. Like you, you
1: you you and your brother started this company. Uh we met you through the Pang man, Jason Pang. Yep. And uh we hit it off right away. I don't know six, 5, 6 years or 7 years maybe as a young man at the time I was not manscaping. Um but thinking <laughs> about well, why isn't there something that would clean my groin and my back hair, etc. But you came along and you sunk a putt. I think we were at—you uh, had to make a putt for us to invest, because that's how we—that's how we made decisions back then, could Yep. <laughs> it was a bull market, and thirty-foot putts uh, were were million-dollar putts at the time. We were nice. at maybe uh, we were at which course? At uh, Tory Pines. Torrey Pines. Yep. Having lunch, I said, well, "I like this idea, but I don't know enough about fantasy. If you can drain this putt, maybe." Um. So tell us about Bet Fully today and what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean the general pitch to to Howard at Tory Pines was, "Hey, sports gambling is going to be legalized in the next few years. Fantasy How long is you the were? gateway to it." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you were the only one that heard out that pitch because everyone else laughed at me at the door when it, when I suggested it. So appreciate that, and uh, some props to you for having some some forward uh, intuition into that as well. And you know, we had a, a a great product that was starting to to catch a lot of steam. Uh, it was ranked second to DraftKings and FanDuel in the, in the app stores. And it was a app that helps people, um, essentially build their lineups and optimize them and which players to pick and the reasons why. And, uh, it, it was great. It's just, it's still a great subscription business. But from that, we came up with the idea for betfully, which is cash back, whether you win or lose up to 10%. Uh, so basically the universal sports gambling rewards program. And, uh, Essentially Ebates or, or Honey for sports gambling and online casino. And that's betfully in a nutshell.
1: And it's simple to do. I did it. Uh, I don't bet, but, you know, when I get a deal like that, I, I placed a $500 bet because I knew I was going to get my money back. Correct? Correct. So it's yeah, a lead I mean, gen engine. It's like what? like, what, And why well, won't Honey get into this business? Is it too small a niche or it's just like they have their I, customers I think- that do one thing?
0: Right. They're, they're, they're primarily e-commerce face. They're very clean cut. Um, and for for Betfully, we're, we're also taking the concept and we're adding our uh, core competency on top of it. We're doing it in a very unique way that's inobtrusive for the operators themselves. So they don't have to do any software engineering. They just have to give us the OK. And it's lead generation. Uh, so they get great new customers. It's also reactivation and retention, which is huge for them. Uh, especially once the kind of wars are settled here for this. Um, So if Howard goes dormant for 90 days, we can say, hey, you know, if we tempt Howard with a uh, push notification saying you'll get 10% cash back if you gamble on the Super Bowl or whatever their marketing initiative is, uh, we can reactivate you fairly quickly using that route. Um, As well as we can help um, segment and identify customers all the way from whales down to problem gamblers. So helping stop problem gambling before it becomes an issue.
1: Okay, so so what do that work through like a Chrome? Because everybody on gambling is mobile. So how does that work in a mobile world? I haven't used Honey in forever, so I'm trying to think how this how works. This, how do people discover Betfully?
0: Yep, so it, it is an app as well. And so you would download the app, Betfully. Then you would link your um, account that you deposit with. So say PayPal or, you know, Wells Fargo, Western Union, whatever it may be, you link that account and now we're scraping for transactions uh, that will happen on a forward basis. So if you deposit $1,000, we would know to give you $100 back whether you win or lose. Um, And then we can also kind of prove you to be a new customer for that um, entity. Uh, On top of that, we have an additional source that we use called Sharp Sports, which lets us link your sportsbook or online casino account directly and now we know what happened to that $1,000 after it landed as well. So maybe you played $200 of blackjack and $400 of parlays and, you know, $500 of, of, of straight bets. Whatever it is, we can we can, uh, tell uh, much more than the individual uh, casino from a from a top-level perspective of, you know, what they're doing at their competitors as well after they leave that casino.
1: That's pretty cool. Yep. 2022, what surprised you the most about the betting industry over the last five years?
0: I think um, the ways in which each individual state is treating it, and it's a very specific topic that's been accelerated because of COVID. But at the same time, there's so many players, whether it's um, the, you know, old Vegas, uh, the tribes, um, the tech groups, everyone wants to have a say in it. And so there's some very unique uh, rules that are state specific. And so we have to, just to market this, we have to apply for licenses in many States, um, which is quite comprehensive, tens of thousands of dollars in fees, uh, background checks, uh, fingerprinting, uh, my personal tax records. It's, it's quite in depth to get licensed just to market, uh, legalized sports gambling. In, oh, so like
1: even say, you, you have to just to market it through betfully. They have all this data about you.
0: Yep. Correct. Yeah. And that's, it's, you know, it's a, a bit of a barrier to entry, but, um, more so, it's it's uh, just making sure that you know we're good actors and, and uh, have um, positive in, intentions to uh, act appropriately within the industry. Well, you
1: are touching people's money, so I have this thesis that it's like a race to the bottom now. Like, so you had this, we all had this vision, or DraftKings, FanDuel, or we're going to say had this vision two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and they fought the wars, um, they beat each other up they took on the government they they <laughs> they they fought yep and here we are what they got for winning was just everybody doing the same thing very mm-hmm. commoditized product is it as commoditized as I think is this a race to the bottom is the customer wins here because if they don't have a gambling problem they can blow their brains out here
0: yeah i I totally agree with you it is it is a race to the bottom um there's a lot of you know, thought around this right now, and, and and you can see different operators trying different things. So as an example, DraftKings is dabbling in NFTs a little bit, um, which, of course, you know, if you extrapolate out to, to uh, markets in general, it's all gambling, right? And so um, you've got fintech and gambling starting to overlap here a little bit, um, as well as, um, you know, in, in Europe, a more mature gambling market, they utilize peer-to-peer markets as kind of the go-to for sports gambling these days. And that, you know, you you can bet against each other or whoever sets the line that, that you actually want, as opposed to being set by the casino. And then in that case, the operators are, are just intermediaries collecting a kind of fee for linking the two parties. So, um, you know, we see it through that lens of it is a race to the bottom, but um, we want to also be that uh, forever faucet that our partners can lean on for new customers and and retention and reactivation, no matter what happens in the industry. And uh, we think kind of the sticky part from our side is that a lot of people charge for data and analytics, uh, premium data and analytics for sports uh, to have an edge right now. And we would like to offer that for free to our customers that uh, are opting into the betfully ecosystem and we think that by doing that that will kind of create the stickiness that keeps them coming back to betfully that's cool
1: because you're in switzerland of their data in a way that they can just see how good and bad they really are and share that and try and get better exactly so how many people is betfully today
0: So there's ten of us working full time on this all day every day uh, out of Carlsbad, so North County San Diego, right next to Legoland, Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone's basically back in the office. Uh, You know, we try to do a a little bit of a hybrid setup whenever anyone needs that uh, space that they got used to for two years, but um, basically it's a full office every day and. Then we utilize contractors for stuff like uh, content, Um, although we did just build a studio in-house, so we can do a lot of content in-house now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a lot of external experts that we lean on for sports. As an example, UFC uh, is coming up, and uh, so we have a UFC expert, a former fighter, and uh, so he gives a lot of context on the data and thoughts there. So it's very unique to that regard.
1: And how big is the market in America? So how many gamblers are there? Like, what is the pool?
0: Um, It's big and growing bigger. Um, So the stat on New York that just came out for uh, sports gambling, let's see, 267 million uh, since it's been legal, 267 million in tax revenue since sports betting has been legal since January. Okay, so in six months from zero to now 267 million in tax revenue. So that's voluntary tax. Nobody had to uh, you know, worry about being taken out of their check. This is people racing to give that money essentially. And that's why um, states are rapidly legalizing now and it's on the ballot for California here in November.
1: Right, and it's kind of one of those taxes like gambling where it doesn't affect me because I don't gamble so I'm not paying tax on it. I'm sure I am somehow. Because this is funding NRA or something. but So I'm sure I'm paying. Right. But uh, I don't even want to worry about it, fucking Schumer. All right. So numbers are big. The platforms are in a race to the bottom. Is there loyalty? There's no way there's loyalty. Because as little as I gamble, who cares? Whoever gives me the best deal, because I don't understand betting enough to, to dig into all these apps. Is there any loyalty?
0: There's some loyalty and it's it's primarily based around um, how well the apps themselves are laid out and the navigation and, and the kind of the ease of use um, and then the the general odds and promotions that they give what matters more I think for most people it's 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 the promotions for sure okay and that's kind of what we're leaning into too with Betful.
1: so so in my gut would be then the people that could offer the best promotion are like the Caesars and MGM because they have stuff to offer. Generally speaking, yes. So that's their advantage over. If there was one big advantage, isn't that it? The conglomeration of those that they can offer extra benefits and perks versus DraftKings and Fan, uh, FanDuel and, and, let's say, Barstow can only just uh, entertain you?
0: For the most part, I mean, uh, they all use a lot of the same white labeled software right now, which uh-huh. makes it a fairly um, level playing field, but as more custom stuff that the audience is looking specifically for starts coming out from some of these operators. It's starting to make a little bit more of a unique impact from, Oh, they have exactly what I'm looking for in terms of, you know, a parlay builder or something along those lines. And so now let's bet. fully. have I missed anything about bet
1: fully or anything uh, that you need from our audience? So, you know, our audience um, is there's gamblers here, right? Like there's venture capitalists, there's traders, um, so they go to Betfully, download the app, and it's pretty simple. Is there anything else my audience could benefit from knowing about Betfully?
0: Super straightforward, like you said. Just go to Betfully.com, download the app there, get get in um, where it's legal. Obviously, if you don't have legalized sports gambling in your state yet, we do offer some promotions and money back for stuff like DFS and horse racing. and So there's something for everyone there. Um, but in terms of you know what what else the audience should know i i mean you mentioned we're in fun two and we're going on year six here so we're we're <laughs> we're doing pretty darn good with what we've got and we've got money coming in um obviously I'm panicked about uh, what happens in inflation apocalypse here but uh, we will be doing a, a a fundraise here soon um we'll see how that works out but uh you know it's it's a very from the conversations we've been having, it's a idea that really resonates. Uh, It's been really well received and excited to share that with uh, other people. So looking forward to that.
1: So switching to the world and around you, I think that's interesting that you've stayed through COVID. Maybe it's just San Diego is, is a great place to start a business or the the type of talent you need, you've been able to find, because you're more of a product guy, so you've handpicked people around you. I, I love the idea of of having an office. So I think you're one of our only companies that really isn't remote out of 100 or so companies. Um, tell me, like, why you care about inflation as, as a CEO or as, a, as as the founder of a young company.
0: For us, inflation means reducing growth and that's one of the scariest things so capital preservation is a big concern of ours uh making sure that you know uh, we're still able to build the best product position ourselves the best uh, to kind of ride out the storm so to speak uh without needing to um you know do it do anything that would potentially uh jeopardize the company from the trajectory it's on right now but uh when it comes to growth i mean we can't do the uh you know Massive Google ad spend and Facebook ad spend that uh, you know previously you could do uh, w- without too much concern of that you know there's there's a likely fair valued fundraise around the corner. Uh, I don't think that's a guarantee at this point for anyone, mm-hmm. and so we have to plan accordingly and place our chess pieces to uh, out survive and uh, beat our competitors for the long run.
1: What are you seeing in the industry? Like, are you seeing DraftKings and Fando pull back their budgets too? I mean, I would assume they are, but what are you seeing?
0: Generally speaking, they're still going pretty hard on uh, marketing. And I think they have no choice. Like you said, it's a race to the bottom. So they need to collect as many uh, names and uh, emails as they can right now in the ways that they know that it's working for them right now. Um, and especially when a new state comes on with California, say, legalizing in November and coming online in January. I mean, they they have to have a ton of money to be able to get on that right away because uh, the first month that goes online is pretty much the most critical time point to you know
1: gold rush so they're all lined up to market that month so so do you think
0: california goes for it they need the money right i would say it's extremely likely i it's it's not well i'm not even sure they need the money according to this budget surplus uh that may or may not exist but it's just something that everyone wants here and they've seen it so successful in other similar states like new york that I, i would just say it's it's extremely likely it passes
1: So would California be the biggest or would it stay as New York? I believe California would be the biggest. And so as you see this industry, you you try and survive this. You've been lean. You've only raised a few million dollars through all this, right? Correct, too. And so what would you do in a world where you have money to spend? How does uh, In this environment, how do you be creative about growth? How have you thought, like in a perfect world where I wanted to spend, how would you be creative right now?
0: You know, there's something about people in physical locations, bars or whatever, telling you you'll get $100 back if you sign up right away. That uh, it works pretty pretty well as a conversion piece. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of guerrilla marketing from, from that, that idea.
1: And, I mean, so what would you do? Hire college kids to just correct yeah. walk around with the app and hand out flyers? That would just work. Yep, exactly. Just guerrilla yep. hand, hand-to-hand conduct.
0: Exactly. Much yep.
1: cheaper than these commercials that just rage on between FanDuel and the next one is DraftKings.
0: And and those are wholly ineffective, as are billboards. And, and um, Are they? So why are they doing them, do you think? It's just the machine? It's the machine plus um, a little bit of ego. Wow. Because the other guy's doing it. Yep. Really fascinating,
1: the amount of waste. I, I kind of feel the same way because... In the end, you're you're watching ESPN, you're watching a game, and they're flashing the odds. So yeah,
0: and it's one thing for them to do, um, you know, something unique and cool like FTX did with uh, Larry David or, or the QR code, um, but they're just doing very you know generic ads right now, and it's it's wholly ineffective. <laughs> And is there
1: going to be a lot of acquisitions in this space? Do you think, or the companies in the, just don't have the the capital structure to do that? How does how does this space look to you? Is there a hundred apps, or are there four?
0: I think there will be about ten, and I think they're going to be fairly niche. So, um, you know, there might be. Um, something, for instance, uh, online casino that specializes in Asian specific games, right? And Got they're it. very, very specific about what they want to gamble on and mm-hmm. the ways in which they want to gamble. And then there might be another you know niche just for um, you know rugby fans or something along those lines. And then there will always be a new startup that tries something new and then there will be the existing kind of um, Titans. So I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of of 10 apps that are kind of constantly revolving. And what's the most surprising sport that people like, young people? Is it horse racing? Is it
1: car? What is it?
0: F1 has come up in a major way thanks to uh, the Netflix series. So I wow. think, um, you know, that uh, has, has started a, a new trend in betting towards F1 that, you know, otherwise would have been underappreciated uh, previously, at least in the U.S.,
1: well, they're planning a Netflix special around golf. Has golf got potential for that, or is there too much risk? Golf out?
0: is always, golf has always been huge for betting, and, and I think, um, you know, the odds are so exciting there that, you know, generally speaking, even a fairly good golfer, you can get somewhere from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1 on. And, um, you know, a $1,000 bet across three fairly good golfers is is uh, could net you a pretty good result there.
1: That's some excitement. That is some excitement. And what's the biggest bet you've ever done? Assuming your wife's not listening, what's the biggest bet you've ever made?
0: <laughs> um, probably fifteen hundred dollars. Nothing nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, on a three to five leg parlay that can, you know, anywhere from ten X to forty X your money, it's pretty exciting on the line. And what got you
1: hooked on fantasy in general way back in the day?
0: Uh, I start startups around my personal passions and trends. And kind of when those two circles overlap is where I've found uh, success. And generally speaking, it's a cheat code for product market fit. And uh, it doesn't always work. But uh, in this instance, specifically with you know the rapid uh, legalization and kind of uh, drama around fantasy to legalize gambling, it worked out quite well.
1: Well, that's that's just awesome. What's it like growing this business in San Diego? Obviously, that's where I met you. What's it like? You know, you hear all this stuff about California, but very few startups in San Diego. So, what's the community like there?
0: It's a good startup community. It's mostly biotech based, um, and then most of the tech that's here is trying to kind of piggyback on uh, one of the bigger companies. So, say Qualcomm. So, if you're starting a uh, a wireless technology company you would start an office outside of Qualcomm and get to know them very well, or you would have worked there previously and they would know you're there already. Uh, so for us, uh, we're a bit of an outlier, but uh, because of that, um, we get some good attention from the community and, and uh, you know we're a good talking point for the San Diego startup scene and i think um you know it's it's great is i would never i would i would rather not start a startup anywhere else but but san diego i think it's just the greatest place in the world uh weather-wise and and uh just a whole lot of fun to start a startup here yeah i love it i'm excited to come
1: back to you this summer uh think through some of this stuff with you obviously you've crafted a really simple product market fit idea um, and when will you start with the gorilla? I mean, you've been doing gorilla tactics, yeah. So, so it's just something you just decide to spend more on, right? There's no shortcut.
0: Exactly. Yep. And um, you know, I think I think it starts to heat up a little bit more as we get about a month out from uh, from football starting, and so. And we're
1: all sharing Raiders tickets, yes.
0: Yes. Well. Well, you know, Tom uh, got those season tickets, and uh, I think that's a pretty uh, pretty phenomenal stadium there, and. So much to offer. I think it's a really, really cool venue. Yeah, we're in the bet fully row. Yep, exactly. So, well, it's
1: great to finally have you on.
0: Can I, can I give a quick story real quick, Howard? Oh, you yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is uh, right before the pandemic hit. Um, I went to San Francisco, the first hotspot. And then uh, Howard hits me up. He's like, hey, come to New York. We're going to meet with a bunch of investors. Oh, and shit. Yeah. yeah. I tell my, I tell my wife, you know, I'm, I'm a little leery about going, but Howard said go. And she said, well, you better go then. Said, all right. So jump on a plane, uh, and go out to New York. And we have all these great meetings and, and, and dinners and, and, uh, you know, we're at Vanek uh, doing investor talks there. And, and, uh, I got to meet, uh, Gabor of, uh, Eck and, and he was doing the, um, um, crypto funds over there. That was awesome. So, you know, I'd, I'd seen him on Twitter a lot and never got to meet him in person. That was great. And then to my right was, uh, um, you know, uh, Mr. Buterin. I was like, oh, my God, are you his dad? And he's like, yep. And I was like, holy shit, we in in a cool place. And I thought that was the coolest night. And then the next day happens and uh, COVID's starting to hit kind of hard. But uh, I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to stay in. And Gary's like, no, man, you got to come out to dinner. We're, we're doing something fun tonight. And so, uh, you know. I'm like, all right, fine. And so uh, Howard sends me a, a an address for an obscure uh, Italian clothes shop in the middle of Soho. Oh and right, right, Ari. Okay, keep going, Ari. Yep. And so uh, we get drinks there in this, uh, you know, awesome clothing shop where every t shirt costs seven hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's having his assistant bring us fifteen year. And uh, you know, I'm I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm thinking about buying those seven hundred dollar t shirts. And they're like. No, we gotta go to dinner. And so we start walking over to dinner. I have no idea where we're going. We go to this little restaurant called Carbone on a Wednesday night. And we get settled in and and, uh, we've got a pretty good table, I think, at our table. We've got Rob from Rally Road. We've got uh, Adam from Twitter and uh, and Virgin Galactic. And uh, John from ESPN and all the social leverage guys. And uh, I thought we had a pretty cool table. And then Gary whispers, he goes, hey, Look behind you. I think uh, that's Kate Hudson, and I was like, "What? Kate Hudson?" And then uh, her mom is there, right? Um, and and I go, "Yeah, that that sounds that's cool." And then I look over a little bit to my right, and I see Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Right? He was sitting right behind me. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> He's right behind Howard. And then Eve from Entourage is at his table. And then look a little bit more to my right, and um, Russell Wilson and Ciara are there. And as I'm processing all of this, uh, in walks David Beckham.
1: <laughs> I remember that. Hey, just oh, like oh, famous oh. people just walk up to other famous people. We're literally in a happening. room the size of this room with four tables of celebs. Four tables. So you walk and up to celebrities too, Howard. I was leaning back they trying to listen into their conversation now that I remember it. Remember? Was, and, they were all talking about podcasting and COVID.
0: What do you know? Yep. And and, uh, and Beckham says what up to all of them. And then he, he leaves and, and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) It made me feel good though, because I'm like, if these guys are out, you know, maybe COVID's not going to be that bad. And, uh, you know, I remember leaving the restaurant that night, having such a great night. And then I think it was like a week later, all of Manhattan shut down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All of Manhattan shut down that night. I passed a stone and stumbled in. I was not feeling well that night. And I ended up stumbling into the hospital thinking I was dying. And I passed a stone. (laughs) <laughs> just the oh, night of COVID. And oh, I went to NYU hospital, and it, it was like a fucking war zone. Oh, like, You know, like, you didn't know if it was – I don't know if it was just a regular night in New York, or I didn't know. I just walked myself over there and checked myself in and pleaded for mercy for somebody. <laughs>
0: so did you get COVID from that? I didn't get COVID. It was a miracle. But, I mean, we knew it was about to go down, and, um, you know, it's crazy – Maybe a month after that is when all sports came to a sudden stop, right? And that's when it, for our business, we're like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Like, this is it. And uh, we rapidly switched to covering esports and people were still gambling on esports to get them through uh, COVID. And here we are two years later and, you know, legalized sports gambling couldn't be moving any faster. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, what a pivot the world made, you know, and there's been this bubble that came and went, but really left behind it are some major trends still. There was a lot of misplaced money, um, but for the good founders, and now you're going to have inflation and layoffs and and weird stuff happening, even stuff that we can't, unintended consequences of March 2020 and the mistakes we we made leading up to March 2020. And then obviously the policy decisions we've made since then have been exponentially magnified. So congrats to you for just keeping your head about you as people burn through capital and think through the smart way to build a betting business and a, and a fantasy business. So congrats to you. I'll see you this summer. And that was, I forgot you were there. It was my cats. Was It was a great, we have a picture somewhere, right? And John yep. from ESPN. Yeah, that was a great Hi. night, Rob Siegel. Yeah. Great crew. We'll have to recreate that one day post COVID.
0: Yep. And uh, I'll see you in San Diego soon. It's awesome. That sounds great, Howard. Looking forward to it. And thanks for having me on the show. Knut? Yes,
1: Howie. So there you have it. Not every startup is a straight line. Not every founder, even in a growth industry like sports, has a unicorn. And these things take time. Oh, yeah. You know, Eric knows this space. The thing is about domain experience. The reason we, we bet on Eric was domain experience. We're not fantasy guys. We don't really even love gambling but he so understands where the puck is going in this space and how to survive and in the end being in that DraftKings business whew, what a ride for investors like like the amount of money that's had have been burned right to get these brands up and standing Ooh. so that's it's an industry that's really you know an interesting industry i love but his take it, on the advertising side of it yeah i think that's what you would agree with too yeah. those things work as you were in that business yeah you know, and I agree with him completely. Cena of of FTX, you know, they did something spectacular. That's going to be remembered. All the other ones is just going to be forgotten. It's just noise in the background. Yep. But what a racket. The TV, it's just, they they got them playing against each other. It's just sales teams from the media companies just, just pitting these people against each other. Right. So anyways, you are listening to Panic with Friends. This was one of our founders. I rarely sit down with our founders, but uh, Eric really understands as a small company this fascinating industry that has billions of dollars wagered a day in the betting industry and has found a unique niche. Uh, generally, we talk to venture capitalists, founders, uh, traders, just trying to keep people a little bit ahead of the market. We call this show Panic with Friends. You can search my name, Howard Lindzen. Spotify, Google, YouTube, Apple. Uh, you will find the podcast, my name. Uh, you can subscribe, and you'll get these once a week. Thanks, StockTwits, for uh, making this happen, and we'll see everybody next week.